Welcome back to episode eight of the Verbal Reasoning Podcast, everyone. Uh, today we have a very special guest, Erin. No, I'm kidding. Oh my God, how did you know? <laughs> so you'll, you'll be having us again this week and we'll be touching uh, current topics. And maybe we can start off nice and spicy. So next week, the budget for 2021 will be announced by Sunak. Um, so each year, the Chancellor and, and Exchequer, so they're like the government's chief financial advisors, make a budget statement in the House of Commons. And it outlines the state of the economy and what the government plans for raising, lowering taxes. So this will be announced on Wednesday, the 3rd of March, around midday. So it's going to be very interesting, you know, given the whole COVID climate and uh, obviously the financial implications. So what could be in the budget? Uh, the next phase on how to tackle the virus and protect jobs. We know we've done obviously the furlough period and uh, a lot of money has been lost. So the really two big questions are how will the UK be paying off its huge debts that was obviously uh, accumulated over the period and how will the government support the people and businesses? Um, just to give you some quick stats, the government's borrowing for this financial year has reached 27, 271 billion pounds. So that's 222 billion more than last year, which is an obvious uh, issue, right? So um, yeah, that pushed the national debt to 2.13 trillion, and that's more than 99% of the GDP. So you ask, how will they make back this money? And what, what people are thinking is that they'll raise the taxes. So the taxes they could raise is your income tax, which is basically your earnings, um, usually taken away from your pay before you receive it, guys. Then the national insurance contribution, another tax you see on your payslip, and the VAT, which is a tax added to the price of goods. Um, so what do you think, Erin? Do you think they'll raise taxes? Like, how do you think? Bro, they're going to raise taxes. Avails? We're fucked. We're fucked. You and me, regular guys who, who get paid the payslip, we're mm. fucked. Okay, because I already pay a ridiculous amount of tax anyway. Like, you know, my what my pay, what my pay is meant to be and what actually goes into my bank account, massive discrepancy already. Bro, they are, we're, we're fucked, isn't it? I don't want to be sound too um, too pessimistic, but they're going to tax the living bejesus out of us. But do you think, like, do you think this is something that could have been avoided? Because low-key, do you know what I mean? It's a situation worldwide. And obviously, you know, when you get furlough, like, that money has to be recouped somewhere else. Don't you think, like, it's it's just the inevitable? Or do, do you think it's not? Yeah, yeah, no, I think it, I think this is the inevitable outcome. We're going to have to pay more taxes. But in a, in a just and fair world, mm. uh, my opinion would be that these big corporations that pay less tax than you and I do, but earn billions per year, they actually just, we're not saying, oh, tax them an unfair amount, but get them to ta- pay the amount that they should be paying. Yeah, yeah. Not, not zero pounds on four billion per year, for example. I'm just making that figure out. But, you know, you know, like a Starbucks or an Amazon, we know that they, mm-hmm. they pay disproportionately low taxes anyway. So it's like uh, if they were to pay taxes at a rate that is similar to the average person, mm. then I feel like, you know, we could get out of this a little a little easier and a little less scathed. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, yeah, I do agree. Like it's inevitable when you pay people furlough, you have to find that money from somewhere. It's just to make ordinary people then have to, you know, pay even more on, especially if you live in London, man, they, they might as well put a breathing Bro, tax. You're getting, you're getting whacked in London. Like you see what <laughs> if I'm you saying, live like, in London, you're finished. Exactly. Like, you know, I pay ridiculous amounts to go on TFL anyway, monthly, mm. which obviously they increased. They've got congestion charged. They're gonna. They've made that seven days a week. To uh, North Les, as well. 
yeah, the ULES, the ultra low emission zone, and that's going to get pulled all the way up to again north circular. So if you've got a diesel car beyond the before a certain year, you have to get rid of it, or else you're paying thirty quid a day just to drive down to the, you know local Tesco's. So you know we're already being taxed for every little thing that we do, mm. and now on top of that, we're going to have an increase of these taxes, and it, it, you know it's. It's very difficult. It's a very difficult situation. I can't lie. Like we know there's companies that really profited from this. Like, you know, these online delivery companies, Amazon yeah, for sure, yeah. booming. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're booming off this. Like, wouldn't it make sense that because they've like profited and made so much from this event that they should be taking on a, a brunt that's equivalent, seeing how like, you know, it's a one-off kind of event in the world. They should have some responsibility. But the thing is, I'm not even saying that they should pay more. But I just feel like if I have yeah. to pay, let's say, 20 to 40% of my income into mm. taxes, which I think is around 40 for me at this point. Yeah. So if I pay around 40% of my income to taxes, why is it that they have to pay no taxes whatsoever when they're making billions? You know, this money is moving mm. in one direction in the economy, but then the people who are getting the majority of the money are paying no taxes whatsoever. It's, it just doesn't make it's sense mad. to me. You, you know what's I know there's well. like a lot of um, you you know, trigonometry done... <laughs> <laughs> and, quick maths, like, yeah. yeah you know i mean a lot of quick maths and all of that done to try and explain why these corporations don't pay as much but there's no way that I, I, in my head it's justifiable that they don't pay more taxes mm-hmm. and they should be and i'm not saying let's charge them an unfair or unjust amount let's just charge them whatever we would expect the regular business to be paying we want yeah. them to pay that as well it's that simple because if you're but, on an off license you're still paying taxes despite having employees so don't tell me oh we're giving people jobs we don't have to pay taxes no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm fully saying charge them a disproportionate amount because if you made like if you made a killing, and you're a big corporation, you don't need to pay for food. Do you know what I mean? Like you're not paying to set, like people on the income tax, like they're paying for their rent, they're paying for their food. If the income tax goes up and their earnings are less, and the VAT goes up and the price of stuff go you know rises, it just like creates a big chasm, and people are just basically just yeah. gonna suffer. But you're earning people, less while things are going up in price yeah, basically it makes that's no what's sense. gonna happen but these corporations they don't they don't have that you know what i mean they don't have that driver where like oh you know our oh, food's on the table how am i gonna bring it rent stuff like that so nah. why they not? pay they pay a wage that in my opinion is not a fair wage to their employees because a fair mm. wage is i should be able to pay for all of my essentials and have some left over to save which most people don't have they can yeah. barely make ends meet they pay very little money towards the employees while they make an absolute killing as you said and so, you know, especially during this lockdown period, a lot of big businesses have actually, you know, they've stopped paying um, towards like stuff like rent because their mm-hmm. employees have been working from home. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they've, they've, in some cases, they've even saved money. As you said, Amazon, Jeff Bezos made an absolute killing. So if you're making a disproportionate amount of wealth during the, during the lockdown, when all the small businesses are shut down and you're able to still operate, then you should pay more. Th- well, yeah, I guess then you should pay more tax. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just, I don't know that, man. I don't know, man. And uh, I mean, I'm reading this article about the what could be in that magic box. And one of the big points is the tobacco and alcohol duties. And I'm like, I don't know, you're concentrating on the wrong thing. You know the energy that you put on that? Concentrate on these big corporations that you let off. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't get it, man. I, it blows my mind. But also, I, I feel like, do you think this is a conservative thing? Like, this is what a conservative party is trying to do? Or do you think regardless of whoever was in, 
like this was going to be inevitable. Do you know what I mean? Like who's to blame on this part? I think the raising of the raising of taxes is something that was inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, I think even if it was Labour, they would say, okay, look, we've had to pay into furlough, so we're going to have to raise taxes, blah, blah. But I feel like here's the big difference between Keir Starmer and Jeremy Corbyn. I feel like if Corbyn had been in power, mm. I, there's a part of me that genuinely believes he would have taxed the corporations more to help us get out of this situation. But I feel like someone like Keir Starmer would do everything that the Tory party is doing and there's no real difference between them, which is why he's often been yeah. criticised as not being a good Labour of the um, a good uh, leader of the opposition. Yeah. So I, I just feel like, yeah, if this was the current Labour right now, or the Conservative Party right now, the outcome would have been the same. This mm-hmm. isn't really about party. It's more about yeah. just politicians doing politician things. Basically. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think like, we're, either way, we're going to, I mean, this is like, I heard this is the worst economy has been in like 200 years. So either way, we're going we're gonna to suffer. Do you know what I mean? It's how do we suffer and how do we split it? I don't think whether it was Labour, Conservative, even Lib Dem or Green Party, even if the Green Party was in, I don't see them differing that much on how they're going to do it. It's something the UK just has to bear the brunt of. And to be honest, like the rest of the world will probably get a similar treatment on how to deal with this because you yeah, just can't avoid it. Like Absolutely. I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, regardless of, of as you said, the party, um, most of the problems I think that lie within British politics and politics anywhere and with with what we call democracy is that a leader can say that he's going to do whatever he wants to get the votes, but there's nothing that actually holds him to account. So, you know, mm. somebody could say, oh, if I get to power, I'm going to charge these corporations. But the moment he gets to power, he has four years where there's nothing really holding him to account. Like we've seen yeah. that over this past year where, you know, the Tories have made a lot of mistakes with the way they've handled this, uh, this whole debacle, but there's nothing really there to hold them to account, if that makes sense. But would you say, like, because this is such an... Un- no one saw COVID coming. No, no Because this is such an unforeseen thing, even if you could, would you not give them slack? Because no. it's just something no. that... Because uh, I can give them slack if, if 110,000 people didn't die. Mm. I'll give them slack if Dominic Cummings didn't go for a, a drive to test his eyes when, mm-hmm. when people were dying and were locked inside of houses. I would give them some slack if... Matt Hancock hadn't been done for basically being found guilty for stealing our money and giving it to people who he shouldn't have been given, like contracts, with the contract situation. I'd give them slack if Boris Johnson didn't come out on TV and say, oh, go and shake uh, hands and hug people who've got COVID. It's not a problem. If the government themselves weren't denying the importance of COVID right from the get-go, even when the science told them the absolute opposite, Mm. if they didn't repeatedly turn down scientific advice from actual professionals who know what they're doing then i would have given them some slack they don't deserve slack now and you can say as much as you want oh no one saw this coming but you see new zealand yeah, a country yeah. a, a country which also like us you know ha- is an island i believe yeah pretty much yeah pretty much and uh you know ha- has has a has a prime minister is it or a president a prime minister i, I guess prime minister yeah, yeah just in the Arden, who who listened to scientific advice who who now have these massive parties ongoing? Bro, and they're skanking. They're, they're skanking. skanking. And look yeah. at us over here. We're still, we're celebrating that 110,000 people have died, and it, the number's still going up. I mean, is that really something that we should give them slack for? Mm-hmm. When he was I letting agree. people in from from Italy, from China, from everywhere to fly into the country, while those countries themselves had the pandemic ongoing, 
Yeah, that made no sense. That made no sense. You don't need to be a scientist to know that you shouldn't do that. For, so for someone so high up in the government to not know that that's a bad decision is beyond me. And then the fact that they've then tried to blame, uh, you know, uh, minorities saying, oh, you know, they're the ones who are getting disproportionately affected. It must be their fault. Is ridiculous within itself anyway. Yeah, it's a huge really... failing of the government. Yeah. So it's all bullshit. I'm not giving them any kind of leeway or any kind of, oh, slack. I'm not cutting them shit. Mm, mm, they mm. have absolutely fucked this up royally. <laughs> you can't tell me, oh, come some slack. No, I'm sorry. Come some slack is when, you know, you make a minor mistake that doesn't really affect anyone in the long term. When 110,000 people at the very least are dead, you can't turn around to me and say, oh, cut us some slack. It's like when Pepe has a bad game for Arsenal, I might cut him some slack and say, oh, you know what? He's just come into the league, blah, blah. You don't say cut me some slack because I've killed 110,000 people. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I agree. Like uh, what I was trying to test is like, where does the border lie? When it comes to the border lies are over 110,000 dead. No, no, no I, I agree okay. with you, but, but but like just the generic idea of you said, you know, we should hold people accountable. Let's say they make a promise pre election and then post election they don't do it. Doesn't unforeseen, I mean, forget about what the conservatives did, but just the general concept. Does the unforeseen circumstance kind of like negate that? Let's say if you could hold them uh, responsible for it. So with the Tories, there's so many different things that you can fire them for. That okay, in this in this situation, you would say, okay, cool, you couldn't have seen COVID coming. So I guess the things that you um promised before the election, uh, because it's an unforeseen event, we can negate them, not a problem. But then the way you've dealt with the actual unforeseen thing is enough reason to get you all fired. Mm-hmm. Matt Hancock should be in prison. Bro, to trust a guy called Hancock in the first place, mad. I have you lie. seen him? This sniveling little creep. <laughs> he should be in prison. He should be in prison. Yeah, yeah. He's not even been fired. And Keir Starmer, that useless bastard, is turning around and saying, oh, I don't want to call for his resignation. You are useless. Bro, he's conservative light. I said this. Conservative light, he is. Congratulations. You got rid of someone. Okay, fine. You can say we didn't agree with Corbyn. Corbyn's this, Corbyn's that. Hell, you can call him anti-Semitic because I, I believe there was there was instances where he was, right? We're not arguing against that. Mm-hmm. But the one thing you cannot say about Corbyn is that he was an ineffective opposition to the, to the Conservative Party. He actually called them up on the things that they were doing. If you have somebody like Keir Starmer, who's just going to sit on the fence yeah. for everything, for God's sakes, man, have a fucking spine. Say something about something, anything. But I think this is like politics, isn't it? They're trying to win. They know the majority is on the other side, so they're trying to appeal to them. I think this is basically but that's, like politics. This is what I mean about holding someone to account. How do you then mm. hold a political party to account if you're not willing to ever call them out for anything they do? How is that an effective opposition? You have to be able yeah. to show people, look at what they're doing. Right now, but do, anyone who yeah. was even semi-decent at their job would take the Tories to the market and back, mate. There, there's no way the Tory party should still be leading in the polls. It's insane. In fact, well, their yeah. lead has increased. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But do you think the issue is with the opposition or should we never put responsibility on our opposition and put responsibility on the system? Like the system needs to change. This is why I mentioned democracy. This is why I said this is why I said this is why I said the No, no, but this is why I said this is where the issue lies within the system as a whole. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing in place to hold the person to account, Preach. maybe other than the opposition party. But if the opposition party is useless, what holds these people to account? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Then, I mean, there should yeah. be like a yearly audit. I agree. You know, I audit. Agree. This is what you promised. This is what you've done. How close have you come to it? If you've completely and utterly failed. 
in delivering on the promises that you've made, then you are out of your job. It should be like if football. I do that, I, should, I get fired. It should be like football. You know how managers just get sacked in Christmas? Like gone. Yeah, bro, bro, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And then what, what ends up happening in this type of situation is people have these allegiances and these followings to parties that don't, you know, control their best interest, that don't have their best interest in mind. Why? Because it's, it's almost viewed as a football team. Oh, you know, no matter what, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Tory. What does that mean? They, they haven't had your interests in mind for the past 20 years, like, that they've been in power. Fam, I think we've had, what, two Labour governments in the past how many years? Yeah, yeah. Like, we had the Tony Blair's government, and before that, who was it? it was maybe four I years mean, prior to that. It was you know prior what I mean? to that, and then it was Gordon Brown. Yeah, Gordon Brown, very short short term, you know, when Tony yeah, Blair yeah. decided to fuck off because he's a war criminal as well. Yeah, he's a prick. But, um, but yeah, you see, I, right, where's the accountability? Nothing. And then they go what get bigger jobs. He's out but, here giving speeches and earning big P. He's still talking about the Labour Party and what they should and shouldn't be doing. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you what the crux of it is. Big money, bro. Big mm. money's t- involved too much in politics. And like, obviously, if you don't have big money, like you won't have that pool on that side. There will be other issues to deal with. But I feel like money, big money and big like um, interests have just overtaken politics in the West just it's, it's just too much like companies never mind like forget about everything else but like companies just have way too much pool what do you mean you can come and operate here with no taxes or what what like what sense is that for the for the government that makes no sense i mean even, you're being held to ransom by a private corporation as yeah, the government it's ridiculous it's mad like even if we took a step backwards i don't agree with a monarchy but even the monarchy won't take that do you know what i mean it's because yeah. of the system we're in now prioritizes big money to get involved and uh, this is what needs to be changed. But I feel like this this requires a revolution in thinking. And mm. uh, it's not something we're going to see anytime soon. But maybe, maybe COVID's one. If it gets worse, perhaps, isn't it? Perhaps there'll no, be a revolution. I think at this point, even if there was a million dead people will say, oh, Boris is trying his hardest and they'll just lay him off. Because we like, yeah, what, yeah. how much worse can this have been handled? We've been indoors for a year now. And, they, you know, before the numbers have gone down properly, they're thinking of opening up schools again. I don't I get mean, that. They, they're like, literally it's near, it's making the same the mistake. It's the, the end of the it's year. The Just let year, this year yeah. finish. It's done. They're not like, what are they going to gain from going back to school for two months before it shut down again anyway? Yeah, yeah. It makes it makes no sense. I feel like also the like the way I'm feeling how the government's approached it, you know, with the eat out, help out and all that. It's kind of like they look at the short term money, but in the long term, let's say they're losing a lot. But short term, they're like, oh, yeah, we can get money in here. We can get money in here. But it makes no sense. Like, how are you going to close and then three months later open for two months and then close again? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, for the Christmas period, they did that. And then we saw a spike in cases. And it's like, oh, yeah, congratulations. Why don't you just close And then, and then what kills me months? is they blamed the public for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Do you remember the ER to help out scheme? Like, yeah, yeah. you were promoting people to go out and basically be in close contact with one another. And now that the cases go up, then you blame the public, shut everything down again and act as if we're the ones at fault. It's From the crazy. get-go, this has been handled terribly. When this budget comes out, a lot of people are going to be mad, but their anger is going to be displaced at the wrong people. And then we're just going to see the same cycle of events that we've been seeing for the past 20 years, Mm-mm. where somehow the Tories are going to be able to rid themselves of all accountability. Yeah. Well, it's that's tiring. interesting. I'm tired that's of it interesting. So I was reading an article about what could be in the... And what, what, what's, what's the thinking behind the Conservative Party? And part of it was... Do they announce the tax rises now or do they announce it after the next uh, general election, if that makes sense? Like, how do they place it? And some of the logic is if since Boris Johnson's like uh, appeal is starting to decrease and they expect it to decrease, 
they were thinking like, if we do it now, it doesn't matter because we were just throwing Boris Johnson under the bus. He's going to go anyway. We'll have someone in new for conservative and we'll, we'll do it that way. Um, what, what do you think about that kind of like theory? Um, he, what Rishi Sunak was asked about, is your plan to increase taxes now just so that you can lower them just before the election so that you can win win the hearts of the people is that what you're planning yeah, yeah and he gave one of those politician answers where he didn't fully go oh, i don't i don't believe blah blah you know whatever he just spoke bullshit as well yeah, beat around the bush yeah just being around the bush so i think that there, there potentially is some truth in that i wouldn't be surprised um and you know what it'll work and they know it'll work, it so will that's work why yeah. yeah exactly that's they know what kills it'll work, me. so that's why they're doing it i mean they're not mm. stupid as much as uh, boris johnson acts as if he's this blustering idiot he isn't an idiot Neither is anyone in the Conservative Party, but they know how to play that whole that whole role very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, nice. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did do that and if it did work. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so as well. It's going to be interesting next week, and for sure, people are going to suffer in the coming years. I mean, regardless I'm of how bad already, it was, we're just going to get what it's just going to get worse. How yeah, worse? Yeah. How much worse can it get? Basically, yeah, financially, it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's actually, see. You know, what, know. you know what, Steve? There's hmm. a topic that we didn't really discuss, which I think is actually a very important topic to discuss. Go on. Which is the Shamima Begum stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, Let's I bring mean, um, basically, what's happened is she's been stripped of her citizenship, and uh, the courts have decided that she can't come back to the UK to defend defend herself in a court of law because it's, it will be detrimental towards public safety. Um. Yeah, so she she like the Supreme Court rejected her appeal, uh, and yeah, so she she cannot come back now. If you're in America, we know you've got some American listeners, so that first part might have been so fucking boring for you to listen to with regards to, you know, our taxes going up, but um, you know, this case, the Shamima Begum case, is that of a 15 year old who I believe lived in somewhere like Bethnal Green. Uh, she gets groomed online uh, with two other friends. She goes over to Syria to join Islamic State. She ends up, uh, you know, becoming a bride to one of these Islamic State terrorists, uh, has has a couple kids. I think, I believe all of them or at least a few of them die in, in uh, what ends up being, you know, migration camps when she's trying to come back home. She wants to return back home and then they tell her that her citizenship has been stripped. Uh, she's also from Bangladesh. Bangladesh says that they don't recognize her as a citizen because she wasn't born in Bangladesh. She wasn't raised in Bangladesh. She doesn't have citizenship. And so right now she's a stateless individual. She doesn't have a country. Um, So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the long-term implications of what this means. Uh, First things first, Steve, do you agree with the decision? Yeah, well, the Shamima Begum situation is an interesting one because basically, obviously what she did was completely wrong. Like, But at the same time, she was like groomed as a child. Do you know what I mean? Like, so she was groomed as a child. And I feel like the home country has to take some kind of responsibility, whether that be, you know, trial her here in the UK and maybe she gets like a sentence here in the UK. But it's sticky because obviously what she did was completely wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not something I support at all. Like, she's obviously done something very bad. But at the same time, like, where does the responsibility lie? Like, who was responsible of preventing that from happening and i think the state has something to do with it yeah i mean as a kurdish person obviously you know how i feel about the situation and uh having personal stakes in the matter as well i just feel like you know fuck shimming the baby first things first i know she was a kid when she done it but that's you know 15 is old enough to know not to go yeah. and join a terrorist organization mm-hmm. so she can go fuck herself first of all but um 
do what do I feel about the decision if I just look at it without the emotion behind what she represents and what the disgusting organization that she joined represents is that this decision basically says to me that if you're a minority, even if you don't have a citizenship in another country, the UK is willing to basically say, oh, well, you're a minority, you're not one of ours, so fuck off, basically. That's what I'm talking about. This is against human rights to leave someone without a state and a nation. I mean, again, as a Kurdish person, I know what it's like to not have a country, right? Because there isn't a Kurdistan. But, you know, I was born here. I was raised here. If somebody says home to me, I think of England. I don't think of Turkey. I don't think of anywhere else. I mean, we, we refer to Turkey as home because that's where our parents are from. But if you were to say to me, like, you know, you have to move there and live in Turkey, I couldn't do it. Because mm-hmm. London is my home. I'm from England. I was born here. I was raised here. So, you know, with the Shamima Begum thing, it's not really about her. No, it's about true. the implications of what this would mean going forward. Yeah, what, what does would this mean? mean? Going forward. Yeah, because yeah, right now you're saying it's a terrorism-related charge. That's why we can strip her of her citizenship and leave her nationless. But you know, at what point does that change? Because that's the way these things work. Today, it's te- a terrorism charge. What is it tomorrow? Is it you stole a loaf of bread? Mm-mm. And like, yeah, my, like, my question is like, uh, what is the responsibility on the state itself? Do we, like, for example, we have the EDL and other very right-wing groups in the UK, which, you know, like I said, in Bristol, a black man got run over, all his bones were broken from a nursing. You know, he was working as a nurse. You spoke and they about this on the bonus episode, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We spoke about this on the bonus episode. And the, the guys running out was shouting, you know, your N-word, blah, blah, blah. So for me, that's like clearly, you know, like on the terrorism line. Mm. But do we approach it in the same way? Now, on the Shamima Begum, I'm not going to lose sleep over this. I can't lie. Like, I really don't care about her that much. I but didn't give more... a flying fuck about what happened to her. I was, <laughs> yeah. I personally, I said if they, if we had the death penalty, I wish we had given her the death penalty because that's how much I hate people who have joined ISIS. I hate yeah, that fucking yeah, organization. It's, it's ridiculous. But I but they burn in hell. But I'm, I'm not looking at her specifically. But yes, what does exactly. this mean? Like, what, what did, what they did just did in terms of law and in terms of you know, usually they, they keep going in the same direction. What does it mean in the future? And my question is, what separated her case from the other cases? Where we could have done something similar. Do you know what I mean? This is yeah. This is a part like there's a, a little background of um. There's an ethnic vibe to it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's plenty of I mean, also British we, people, by the way, that went yeah. and joined ISIS, and the same hasn't happened. Like white British people. You... See, the, the thing is, like we don't even need to look that far. I mean, I can't remember the exact date, but just recently there was a kid who was online sharing manuals about how to make bombs and you know promoting terrorist activity, who mm. was done for terrorist charges. He walked away scot-free, didn't even get given prison time because he yeah, hopped I mean. to his, he, he done a plea deal, got out, not a problem. So, you know, clearly the thing is about somebody who is a minority, right? Because the assumption is, oh, well, you're a minority. You're not really from here. Whatever yeah, country yeah, yeah. you're actually from, you go over there. But Bangladesh has made it clear, this girl was not born there. She was not raised there. She was born and raised in the UK. She was groomed in the UK. She traveled from the UK to another country to inflict terrorism. And so it is the UK's responsibility to take one of their own back and charge her however they see fit. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I think. So just shift the blame and be like, ah, well, you know what? She's brown. She's she's not really from here. Yeah, like, oh, we really? gave you what a chance. What the fuck do you mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, we, we, gave you the, we gave you a chance to be one of us, but you fucked it, so get out. But it's, it's like the presumption is that we, out of our hearts, do you know what I mean? We gave you, gave you the opportunity to be involved. No, she was born here. Like, she... 
She was born here. It was your society that pushed her towards this action. It wasn't Bangladeshi society. It was your society. It was the society that she found in the UK, the country where she was born and raised, that led her down that path. So not enough was done. Not enough was done. Nothing was done to prevent this. And now you want to turn around and say, oh, well, she's not our responsibility. Well, that's too damn bad. She is your responsibility. She's your responsibility now, now that you've unleashed her onto the world. And she's joined ISIS, the, the, the most despicable organization. Is your responsibility to step up and do what is right, which is to bring her back here and try her in courts and keep her locked up forever. Do whatever you want to. I don't give exactly. a fuck. But what yeah. you have to do is try her as one of your citizens because she was born here. She was raised here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We talk she, about yeah. Windrush and how terrible Windrush was. This is a this is a similar situation where if you don't if you take away someone's citizenship for something that you deem as a crime, you know, where does that that crime evolve and where, where does it change from domestic terrorism or you know international terrorism to oh you stole a loaf of bread? At what point does it become a situation like that where people who are born here, raised here, live their entire lives here can suddenly have everything taken away from them for committing a minor offense? Mm-mm. Well, yeah, but we don't really need to look that far. Like just right in front of our nose, if someone done an equivalent kind of, you know, in terms of like proportion of damage that Shamima Begum did, what, why, why, what is what separates her from all the others that have that we haven't taken the citizenship from? And again, it's blaringly it's obvious. Yeah, and it's if like in my opinion, like I, I know people uh, say, oh, you know, races. You always bring up race. The the big topic now in the UK is race i'm sorry like we just had brexit and a lot of it was based on that based on migration and we all know what kind of people they were thinking of when they're thinking you know get them all out etc for example they weren't thinking of a a swedish person who's coming here. they were talking about people who look of a darker skin tone and as that one mp said people of a strange hue right that's what that's what they're after that's who they want out of here yeah so i'm sorry yeah like you know people came here to the UK to basically rebuild the country. I, I I know you guys when you hear this, you feel boiling inside here. You know you know those racists that listen to us. But li- mm. I mean I don't <laughs> but, think the racists really listen to us. No, 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 to be honest, that's not like, really our demographic, to be honest. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that when people were came here, they came here for the shittiest jobs. Yeah, whether you like it or not, they came here to work in factories, the worst conditions. They came here to fill up the NHS, do the shittiest jobs, and now they're what second, third generation. You can't then just turn around like in the case of the Windrush, and be like, you know what? We don't need you no more. Out you this go. This is exactly why I brought Windrush up. They, that's yeah. exactly what they've done to Windrush. That's why, like, you can see there's a shift in the politics of the UK. It's like, it's not only enough to stop new people from coming in. How do we get rid of the ones that we originally let in, even if yeah, they were yeah. born and raised there? Yeah. And, and What happened with Windrush is an atrocity. It's a human rights violation. Every yeah, yeah. single person involved in the decision-making of that should be sent to prison. Mm-mm-mm. Theresa May, the other one that she tried to blame, yeah. all of them, they all need to be in prison. They need to be in prison for doing something that they've done, which led to the deaths in some cases of yeah, people exactly. who were sent back to countries that they weren't even born in. Yeah, exactly. But so, again, it goes back down to accountability. How do we hold these people to account? Well, it's, it's, the, it's, it's also like they pander. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have done this if race wasn't a big uh, topic in the UK. Because politics obviously is trying to like win people over. This was a big signal. Do you know what I mean? It's obviously not blatant. They're not saying, oh, because you're blah, blah, blah. We're taking it away. But 
come on, you don't even need to read between the lines. It's really right in front of your eyes that the way she's been treated is bullshit. You know what? Lock her up in Belmarsh here. I, I would not care, bro. Give her 25 well, lock her up in Belmarsh and, and feed her piss and shit for the rest of her yeah. life. I don't care. I yeah, don't care like, what you do to and Begum. But you need to let her back into the country and stripping of her, her, of her citizenship is unjust and unlawful. Mm-hmm. You cannot do that. She doesn't have another country's citizenship. And then that worries me even more. Because the like, majority of minorities that I know within my own community, myself included, have dual citizenship. So yeah. what happens then? Do we all end up getting our citizenship stripped and sent back to countries that we weren't born in, that we weren't raised in? What happens then? At mm-hmm. what point does it shift over from, oh, Shamima Begum, it was terrorism, that's why we've done it, to, oh, this guy uh, you know, stole a loaf of bread, to, oh, this guy said something that we don't agree with. At what yeah. point do, do we shift over to that? Because that's how things like this work. It starts off with, you know, you, you must have heard that saying of first they came for the, uh, you know, communists, we said nothing. Yeah, yeah. Then they came for the Muslims, we said nothing. Then one day they came for us. Yeah, exactly. That's and, what's going to happen with this if we let it, it slide. And you, and you you know what, what what's showing? Like whenever there's, uh, for example, like a Islamophobic attack, usually uh, Sikhs are involved as well because they get attacked. And, yeah. and here's my point. They don't care. It's not the Islamophobe thing that they care about. For these people, it really is you're brown and different or you're dark and different. Do you understand? Mm. Like it's, it's, it's a conflation. They, the Islamophobe is the big word, but really when you look at these actions and who's getting affected, it's not necessarily the Islam. You know what I mean? It's not always Muslims or let's say not, not every Muslim is the same. Do you know what I mean? As well. It could be a Sikh man that gets attacked. I've seen it before. Do you know what I mean? Well, I've had racial, like racially charged moments, moments of just outright racism towards me yeah, yeah. with regards to being Muslim, but I'm not Muslim. Exactly, that's what I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not Muslim. No one in my family yeah, yeah. is, but they, they, we, we've been victims of this ourselves. Yeah, it's yeah. not a smart kind of hate, you know what I mean? It's just an idiotic, you it's are different. Race, yeah. That's it, you're just different. You, your skin tone, your, the fact that you have a beard that is dark, even that is enough. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Your nose yeah. is a little crooked. Yeah, yeah. Right? Anything, anything that makes you look different is enough. So we need to stop addressing this as though it's like there's an intelligent sort of uh, idea behind their actions. No, it's not. It's just downright racism. That's all it is. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what they usually try to mask it as. You know, Islam's more a political thing. Well, it's really a belief. But okay, let's say we go along those lines. And even if you can justify it through that way, you're just picking on brown people. <laughs> like, yeah, do, I mean, do you know what I mean? That's all don't, it is. Don't, don't fit with even your like unverified justification. So I feel like this is another step, another showing of the cards of where this country is going towards. And the fact really that the Supreme worries. Court didn't overturn it is what worries me more than anything. Yeah. Because no. let's say the Home Office takes away her citizenship. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court should turn around and say, well, actually, you have no fucking right to do that. She doesn't have citizenship in any other country. A person cannot be made nationless or stateless by anyone. She's your responsibility. She was raised in your country. There's no way we can allow this to happen. And they should have overturned it. The fact that they didn't, and they're not even offering her to come back here to, you know, do her appeal to the decision because mm-hmm. they're worried about public safety. Realistically, she's a, what, 16, 17, 18-year-old girl at this point? Yeah. I mean, what, what damage is she going to do to the public, really? Should we be you bring her over here, anyway? you put her into... Yeah, she'll be on remand. Put her into a cell, bring her up, make her do her trial, give her the max sentence you can and put her away. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it really is, is, is worrying and... 
like don't uh, i mean so again the people that listen aren't, don't think this way but some people might listen to this and be like oh you're giving an excuse no nah, bro like we said lock her up and throw as her i in. said as i said <laughs> if we had the death penalty in this country i'll be the strongest advocate of giving her the death penalty but yeah it's scary what this might mean in the future like where does this move exactly out? i don't give a flying fuck about her whatsoever but yeah. it's the implications of this decision in the long term especially if you're somebody like you or me steve mm-hmm. you have you know, um, either dual, dual citizenship or just like, you know, are from a different country. Yeah, their heritage, parents are from yeah. a different country, heritage-wise. This is very worrying. I'm scared. I'm genuinely, I am actually scared by this, by this news. Mm. And I am worried by it because we don't know where this is going to lead. Exactly, yeah. And we've seen the rhetoric. Like, we've been through, like, similar things. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like we haven't seen racism throughout our lives based around mm. this topic on every day. It's, it's even scarier when it's being affirmed by politicians. Do you know what I mean? politicians high courts yeah yeah. are in positions that are supposed to protect your human rights in essence when they turn their back on you it's very 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 scary Uh, it's a scary situation obviously don't give a fuck about shamim begging but i think we've said what we need to say on this topic i absolutely do not agree with this decision with her children what do you do then are they not are they not innocent the, children, are the people were celebrating this this child's children dying. That's sad. That's sad. That's ridiculous. What, what the fuck are you talking? Like they, the child is absolutely innocent in that situation. They're in a vulnerable state situation. They are British citizens, whether you like it or not, because she, their mother is. Mm. So it's the state's obligation. If to I, can't, I don't even the children. know if any of yeah. them are alive at this point, I don't know. If no, they I all think died. it's finished. I think they all died. Yeah. Maybe they all died, but if there is one that is alive. That child should be brought to the UK immediately. Yeah, yeah. Because that's one of our own. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? No, 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 no. The two, the me, me, the melanin is too much. Aaron. The melanin is too. It's much. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But you know, if we, you know, we out here, we're not really, we we don't care about the status quo. We kind of just speak our minds, and this is how we feel. Maybe some people who aren't, you know, maybe that that's not the first thing that comes into their mind, but at least they get their our perception on what this means for us and Listen, how, this is why I this think. worries us. And if you think differently, I know we're supposed to say, oh, we respect your opinion, but I don't respect your opinion. I don't. <laughs> because if you genuinely, if, especially if you're a minority and you just look at the yeah, Shemin yeah. Begum news and you say, oh, that's great, well done, you're a fucking idiot. How about that? Okay, <laughs> you, no, because... You're short-sighted, yeah. You're, you're very not, short-sighted. It's a very, like, reactionary way of looking at things. This is not good news, no matter how you spin it. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, let's let's move on to some... Some more lighthearted news. stuff. Lighthearted stuff. So, have you heard about reanimating Amanda... the dead? Yes. Yeah, boy. So, <laughs> so do, do, do you have that that great great uncle that you wish you could have met? <laughs> so, there's this, my heritage offers a creepy deep fake tool to reanimate the dead. <laughs> nice. So, so if I give you a readout of this article, it's called Deep Nostalgia. Uh, that's the firm, and it acknowledges that some people might find it creepy uh, to essentially reanimate dead based on data using deep fake algorithms etc and um you know the law commission is considering proposals to make it illegal to create uh deep fake videos without consent so these videos are basically it takes all the information and kind of tries to imitate what this dead person would be like or (laughs) you know you try and have a conversation with or whatever i don't know evan i believe at the moment it's like so i saw one of frederick douglas Mm. he was an anti uh, he was an abolitionist sorry um during the times of slavery, very, very influential figure. And what they've done is they've taken a picture of him yeah, and yeah. used this algorithm to kind of imitate what it would look like in a video 
so they take the picture and the picture kind of moves around you can see the eyes move and the head move and stuff like that and obviously that's the first step but the long term i guess is what you're saying where you can actually interact with this ai deep fake version of one of your dead relatives which i think is what stage of capitalism is this now (laughs) Let's take this, let, let's blow this out of proportion. Let's say in the future, yeah, they're able to just reanimate your, your ancestors completely. Like they're complete new human beings, but you know they're virtual. Would you want that? No, because that sounds so unhealthy. That sounds so like a, sick uh, in the head. Wasn't there like a Black Mirror episode similar to that, where they got like the guy's Facebook page and they downloaded it into a robot that looks exactly like him and yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he behaved like whatever he put on online, basically. Yeah, there um, is, there is, yeah. I can't remember how it ended, but I'm pretty sure it was bad because it's Black Mirror at the end of the day. Um, but <laughs> I guess that would be something that I would look at. How do you know that the person that you have downloaded is the true representation of that person? That's a good point, yeah. Because so, what we are online isn't what we are in real life. We've discussed this before in one of our episodes. Mm, um, mm. But like, you know, people portray themselves differently online. So are we just going off of online stuff? And, you know, when we recollect the person, I might dislike someone and say they were X, Y, Z in a bad way because that's just how I recollect them. So if we're going off of somebody's experiences or somebody's description of a person, that might not be accurate either. That's so true, how that's exactly true. do you download the consciousness of a human being without them actually physically going and putting a wire into their brain that can actually download it? Take the bit. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know, man. I don't agree with this because this, this sounds like juju and voodoo. So I'm, I'm yeah. pretty scared about that kind of stuff. Call me, call me whatever you want. Yeah, I believe in it. <laughs> but, I, I, I guess it raises the question of if that person has the same memories as the one who died, if that person has the same feelings mm. as the one who died, but they are, you know, physically inside of a different body and we know that they're made up of ones and zeros. Yeah. Is that thing a person? No, because they're not able to experience. Like they're not able to have new experiences. They're just imitating what they already know. No, but I'm saying at what point do we do we cross that point where I've given you all the experiences, I've given you all the memories, you are now living. But they're, yeah, but they're, they're living person. in that containment. But can they actually grow? Do you know what I mean? Can can they but actually what experience? But well, what is experience? Because is we, experience we can work... just being somewhere mm. in that moment. And if so, they are in that moment. They are experiencing that moment the same as you and I would. They're, they're, they're very the well defined we if that makes sense like they're very well defined and you, you know us we change like i think every year all our cells are i don't know what the fact is you probably know better than me but like every couple of years every seven years yeah, yeah every seven years are. our cells are completely wiped out and changed and uh yeah, we, you know we don't we feel that change neuro- though do you understand? Yeah, it's, it's on a cellular grow, level us as our brain yeah it grows we're, still, well, we're no? still the same memories and we're still the same but don't we create new like new neuron connections mm-hmm. as we like learn and jummy we kind of change as we go along but what would stop because the thing is before robot they're within like a closed environment like they are what they are you can't really add anymore because you see how like um like could could the robot not for example that i think we've done this exact same let's keep going let's keep going okay but like couldn't for example theoretically one of these robots as they're experiencing new things and as they're like on a video recording their surroundings so they can see or whatever they do i don't know i'm not an engineer but could they not be downloading data? And could that data not be counted as experiences? Because in essence, what is memories? Memories are just data that we've stored in our brain. Yeah, but then you still, you strictly define how they act upon it. It's not but At based... what point though, Steve? At what point does that machine... I don't know. Because you're talking about AI here. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. You're talking about, you know, the, what, what was it that... I, was... I actually done a bit of um, 
coding and stuff in one of my last roles. And we were using what you probably know what it's called. Uh, neural network. Feed, no, no, you know when you feed the information and eventually it, it sees the pattern and it. Yeah, yeah. It's no, it's like based on neural networks and. Um... God, machine learning. Yeah, machine learning. Yeah. So, for example, could the machine learning not be present in one of these things where eventually, if you feed the enough But here's my point. Here's my point. So, mm-hmm. so the way it works, like let's say you have input A, right, and you yeah. give it uh, an answer. So, so you say, look, all these values, in the end, gives you this answer, and mm-hmm. in between. Right, I'm getting a bit technical, so I'll cut this short. In between, there's like nodes. Yeah, there's little dots. Yeah. The connections they can have is fixed. Do you understand? Like it's fixed. And basically what the, the algorithm does is that it predicts like what paths it should take within this defined environment. That's how neural networks work. Steve, what, could we I, not make the argument that humans are like that as well? No, no, no. But here's the difference. What we do is we add new points. They don't. Do you understand? Like they may be able to get new information, but the model remains the same. As far as I know, they haven't created something. No, we're not. How do you know that our creator has not already put into places these these different nodes, as you were saying, that we can act upon? We we we, feel like we have the illusion of free will and we have the... We, we might have the illusion of choice, but we we know we we know we make new connections. Our our neurons actually grow new points. What if if that is a predetermined algorithm? Oh, this is... So so, so what you're saying basically is the argument of... Oh, does free will exist or ev- yes. is everything predetermined? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know what? This one we need to save for an episode because this is a very good topic. So guys, you know, on our Instagram, if you want us to talk about this or perhaps we'll do it on our uh, Patreon extra yeah, episode. Yeah, we might do it as a bonus episode. Yeah, we might do it as a well. bonus. But um, Like really, uh, that's what I'm asking. I mean, at what point? Okay, my belief, what I yeah. think it is, because uh, like scientists really haven't figured it out. I think there's some kind of dualism happening. You know how like you know how things are like can be waves and particles. Mm. I think things can be which is messed up. Things can be determined, but mm. also have will like have um it, it, like not be determined as well. Have some kind of randomness to it in a fucked up way. Like I don't know how, but this is like my my kind of belief because we know that electrons. So so the, uh, I think it's Aristotle. Was it Plato who who defined the determinism? Where it's like oh you know it's like a snooker ball. A hits B, B hits C, C hits D, and it keeps going. And if you follow the line long enough, you'll figure out what, what exactly happened, which is what we do and how we figured out the, um, how we figured out the Big Bang because we mm. followed the thing. Yeah. But at the same time, although we can do that and we did that, we find that electrons you know, around the atom appear and disappear at random times. We don't have a model for it completely. Like, like, like they have no idea how to model it. It's just based on statistics. And that's what... Um, uh, what's it called? Like uh, uh, those computers that use physics, uh, quantum computing is based on statistics and the probability of like electrons appearing and stuff, which is mind blowing. So I think uh, what, what the evidence so far, what we've got, this is my conclusion, and probably better people know better and they can give me more information. But from the information I got, I think there's some kind of duality that my mind's not big enough to understand. The same with like some people will be like, oh, is it a wave or a particle? How can it be both? Well, it just is. <laughs> just okay, how can is. I can I can I say something to you that might actually confuse you further? Go go go. So there's a belief in neuroscience school of thought, which mm. thinks that when you offer somebody an A or B decision, they make their mind up immediately, that second. Yeah. That's the subconscious. It makes that decision. Your conscious then turns around and goes, "Oh, which one should I do? Which one should I do?" And then eventually, you make the same decision as your subconscious. The conscious is just trying to make sense of why your subconscious made that decision. Mm, okay. So if I was to say to you, 
oh, your cat or your dog, which one? Your brain immediately goes, oh, my cat. But you, as a person, your consciousness goes, oh, that's such a hard decision. It might take you weeks to come up with an answer. But your brain already knows the answer. Your subconscious has made that decision for you. Your conscience is just trying to, your conscious is just trying to understand why your subconscious made that decision. But have you ever in the test written an answer mm. and then you actually crossed it out and wrote something else? <laughs> I've done that no, so no, many times. No, no, that's true. But that's more yeah. based on your actual knowledge. But when we're talking decisions based on your feelings or your whatever, if yeah. I say to you, A or B, which one do you want? Yeah. You know that this answer immediately. Your brain already made that decision. All that's of this, interesting. All of this thinking and postulating that you're doing in between is just your conscience trying to understand why you're subconscious. It's just twerking. Is that what you're telling me? My mind's 100%. just twerking. Okay. So that then comes in the question of, I mean, what is free will? What is what is the decision-making process of a human being? Are things predetermined by our minds in a way that we can't even begin to understand? It's super interesting. And like many philosophers have tackled this issue and it's not, a det- by the way, it's not like something that everyone has come to conclusion on. Like you said, I didn't know about this, this realm of, you know, in, um, in the school uh, of thought, yeah. The school of thought. And obviously in physics, they have their story. And basically what we try to do is add it all together and come up with a conclusion, which uh, most likely is wrong. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. And when you come back to this deep fake thing, then like you said, what constitutes free thought? What doesn't? Yeah, what constitutes free will? What makes a person a person? What makes a human a human? I mean, if it looks like a human, talks like a human, acts like a human, is it a human? Mm-mm. I'd say no but... Where do we draw the line? We've discussed this so many times on this podcast man. It's so funny like... And you know what? We'll put a specific episode on this Determinism thing I feel like it's going to be very interesting Especially when we do research Yeah, but, yeah um, definitely That's, that's I mean, a really good point th- As you said, many philosophers and great thinkers of their times Have dis- thought about this and tried to discuss it So I highly doubt that the VRP Two unwise men are <laughs> going to be able to figure this out So, um, you know, we just we're just rambling on. I'm We're sure just rambling out there. Yeah, I'm sure there's yeah, someone yeah. out there who really knows really like well about this topic. Who are listening to this, going, "What the fuck are these two idiots talking about?" But that's just <laughs> that's just us, right? That's just this yeah. is just the way we we view it. Um, what well, what's interesting though with this deep fake thing, which yeah. could be really good, I'm thinking like you know, in a company when people retire and they leave, they leave a lot of knowledge, like a lot of uh, knowledge is lost. What if you could just simulate that person based on what they've done and the work they've produced? You could ha- you could keep that knowledge within the company without having the person. Wouldn't you that see, be a good application? You're, you're thinking like Lex Luthor at the moment, because then next mm-hmm. thing you know, you're just going to have robots that, that do these jobs that have previously <laughs> been done by people, and you're never going to have to hire no one new, and people are going to start losing their jobs. Well, I mean, can I just coach? Will that? they just give me money to sit and sleep? Because boy, they won't. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> so, That's a I good mean, idea. It's weird. It's weird how look again. All three things that we've talked about so far, whether it be the taxes, whether it be the Shamima Begum situation or this, you see a small idea at first. Mm. Oh, we paid, you know, we paid people furlough. We need to increase taxes. Oh, Shamima Begum done this terrible thing. We need to take away her citizenship. Oh, I want to reanimate my great grandfather in a picture format. They all seem as a small idea in the beginning, but then the long-term implications of them are so far and wide. Yeah. That like, look at what we've just discussed. We started talking about free will from, oh, do you want to animate this picture of your <laughs> dead granddad? Like, you know, these these things, these things have long-term implications. Exactly. The domino effect is very interesting to kind of see. Let's see how it all pans out, all three of the things that we've discussed. Would you want to reanimate your like racist, racist, great, great, great granddad? <laughs> like, do you really want to see that? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh... <laughs> slave driver granddad. Like, no, I don't think so. So anyway, um, I think we're reaching the end of the episode. 
Yeah, but yeah. Um, I think you know, you guys, if you wanna if you wanna hear more, uh, there's gonna be a bonus episode on Patreon. Uh, sign up, you know, like we said, less than a cup of coffee a month. We won't drill it into your heads. We already had the nan in the cage moment, and uh, but we want to let you know we let nan out, but it's a temporary release. Nan's out, but we're we're helping you. We, we we you know we're asking you to help her out so she doesn't end up back in the cage again. Exactly. So, you know what I mean? Go go keep that money coming in, right? Exactly. Yeah. So thanks again for listening and join us on the bonus on Patreon uh, if you want to sign up. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? That was bloody brilliant.